0: Hey guys, Josh here. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to announce our Side Hustle Launch 5-Day Challenge. This is going to be next week, May 18th through 22nd, 2020. I know there's a lot of people out there who are stuck at home right now, maybe recently unemployed, and they've always wanted to start their own business. So learn what you need to know to launch your side hustle the right way from the beginning. We'll help you build a solid foundation for your new business so that you can grow and thrive. Join us every day next week at 6 p.m. Eastern and join the private Facebook group so that you can see replays if you can't make it at that time. This is absolutely free of charge. There will be no sales pitch at the end of the day or at the end of the week. This is just to show up and help you guys where we can. So join us at unstuck.institute backslash challenge. Okay, on with the show.
1: Hey, it's Chell.
0: And Josh. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute.
1: Job you hate not sure to start and grow your own business
0: the unstuck institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself Hey, hey, Unstuckers, Josh here, as always, with my co-host, Chell. Say hey, Chell.
1: What's up, guys?
0: We're here bringing you another fun-filled, fantastic episode of the Unstuck Library. Welcome to the Unstuck Library. Chell, you read a book and you turned me on to this book.
1: Yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, we all struggle with finding that like medium, that sweet spot that's the name of the book. Sorry guys, spoiler alert, but finding that sweet spot, (laughs) right? So like finding the balance between work and life and not overworking and not overplaying, but really finding that sweet spot. So today we are going to talk about finding the sweet spot um, from Christine Carter's book, The Sweet Spot. So I'm just going to touch on some key points that I thought were really important. And then there was one chapter that she had that was like, an hour long. I listened to books. So like this was a really intense chapter packed full of knowledge, but I'm going to condense it down into like, hopefully less than 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> total. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. And the, the, uh, um, subtitle of the book is how to accomplish more by doing less, which is very intriguing.
1: Yeah. That's kind of the key through, through all of this, right? Yeah. yeah. There was one point, I guess this is kind of a sneak peek too, but there was one point in the book where she's like, "I just outlined this chapter in ten minutes. Is it any less? Like, am I giving you any less information because of it? No, I'm just efficient. So that's pretty sweet. The
0: efficiency geek in me is really excited about all of this. So <laughs> let's let's get rolling with it.
1: Okay, so the first couple of chapters we're taking it pretty easy, um, and these are some of the big like points that that I found um, that really stuck out to me in the book. So literally like the first thing she said was take recess. And I think like as a five-year-old or even a 10-year-old, you're like, hell yeah, recess. But as an adult, you're like, mm, I should probably finish this before I can take a nap, even though I'm exhausted. Or like, maybe I should finish this before I go for a walk or like go out with my dog or
0: it makes me like more empowered to do it. Like, yeah. yeah, I do want to take uh dessert before my dinner and I also take we <laughs>
1: <laughs> insert uh Disney's resource theme music here. <laughs> the the dragon nope, nope. is crazy prince. They're going to see us. They're going to see us. It's over. Sometimes you have a dip in the afternoon where your mind just stops working and most people plow through it with a of- plow
0: through it with a 20 minute power. That's going to be my
1: suggestion. Exactly. <laughs> so just take a rest again. So you may not need a nap. You may just be dehydrated. Um, but just get your mind off of it. You're not doing so. This is what she means by how to accomplish more by doing less. And then one of the last key points, at least in this section is your positive emotions typically precede success. So, smile, or, like I'm about to do right now, you can't see me, but put a pen between your mouth
0: and make yourself
1: smile. It looks looks really weird. So, guys, let's do this as a group activity. Grab a pen. Unless you're driving, do not do this. (laughs) Grab a pen, put it between your lips, and force a smile.
0: I feel like in the age of corona, it should not be... (laughs) eating my pens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So with that, yes, it makes you drool a little bit as she notes as well, but that try, try it right now with me, Josh, put your hands on your hips, just stand up straight. You feel empowered.
0: I feel like a wonder woman.
1: Excellent. So there was actually (laughs) a study that told people to hold that power pose stance or any power pose stance of their choice for 2 minutes before an interview and those who did the power pose were rated significantly more confident and rated significantly higher during the interview. So, hold your power pose before you have something really significant to do. That's that's that major takeaway.
0: I've heard of this study before and they even suggested like you can just like get to the interview a little early, go to the bathroom, lock yourself in a stall <laughs> Do your like power pose, hands on hips, or hands outstretched, or whatever. Then walk back into the interview room and do your interview post-power pose all confident.
1: Yeah, why not? Just give it a shot, right? What's the worst that can happen? Someone sees you doing your power pose? No biggie. Just be like, I was stretching. Or just stretching. Be like, I was doing a power pose. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe after your
0: power pose, you're confident enough to just say, I was doing a power pose.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next major takeaway was switch autopilot on. Essentially, she goes through and has habits created for literally every step of her day. Um, And she was suggesting that we do this too. I love
0: this. I love all of this.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, like, even if we're too tired to think about doing something, our habits are going to be driven by our primitive brain, also known as the basal ganglia. So, this is what controls like breathing, swallowing, and driving without remembering. I know you guys have all done it. So some of these habits, right? Like breathing, we don't think about it and we don't really reward ourselves for it. But to start a new habit or to form a new habit, they're choices initially, right? So like brushing your teeth or flossing every day, like that doesn't necessarily come naturally. You have to think about it until it becomes a habit and then it just becomes your normal routine. So for example, like doing 10 push-ups every time you go into the shower. And then over time it becomes an unconscious habit, which I should probably do. Cause that sounds like a pretty easy one to get involved with.
0: Yeah. I think I mentioned on the podcast before. So this is uh, the second time it's come up in book form for me anyway, but there's another book called um, atomic habits. And I think I mentioned before that he recommended like you want to start exercising more just do like five push ups after you go to the bathroom every time you go to the bathroom. Yeah. And you'll suddenly like need to increase that. And you'll do 10 push ups and it'll just be a habit and blah, blah, blah. So, it's the same exact thing. And I've been trying to do this for a while, but it's still hard to like initiate that habit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we talk, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but having something to like trigger it is really important as well. Right. Um, the most important thing with this though is rewarding yourself with internal rewards. So you might feel like, hey, if you're late to work every day, if you say I'm going to be early to work and or on time to work every day for the next 30 days, I'll buy myself this pair of shoes I really want. So you're fueling that with an external re- reward. So by day three, you're exhausted. You're probably pressing snooze like five or six times and you've completely about you've completely forgotten about the pair of shoes that you want, realistically. So if you fuel yourself with in inter- internal rewards, that's going to be more beneficial because it's going to be it's going to give you a boost of endorphins or some type of sense of accomplishment. I mean, it could be something as small as um, emptying the dishwasher. But if you say "yay me" internally or externally, depending on how uh, crazy you want to be looked at, <laughs> um, if you just say "yay me," like that one little thing can increase your endorphin level significantly. And then your body's going to be like, oh, yeah, I did a good job. I emptied out the dishwasher. What up? So reward yourself with internal rewards.
0: And that may sound like really dumb because like the first time I heard that, I was like, "How how is that really going to help? But um, but yeah, the studies have shown that just, just that internal validation um, really, really affects your long-term perspective. Right. And so I'd say, and bef- I, I know you're all sitting there thinking that sounds stupid. Um, try it because it, it also feels stupid, but it also works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so many people have said this, it's not just in this book. I mean, we happen to be doing an unstuck library version of this book today, but I mean, there are so many different people who say the exact same thing that you need internal awards, that you need some type of mantra. So this isn't, I mean, it may sound crazy, but like so many successful people do this and see success with it. So don't knock it till you try it, guys. And then the last major point from this same chapter is establish a tiny habit. So like very, very tiny habit. It can be as simple as taking a vitamin. She says that it's something, it should be something that takes less than 30 seconds to do. So very, very simple. Start out super small so you don't get super overwhelmed. The nitty gritty of this book, though, comes like halfway through in like the longest chapter. Constructing a routine is basically what it breaks down to. So there's 18 steps. Yes, 18. Oh, maybe 19. 19 steps. (laughs) And they kind of go over what we've talked about already. And then some of it just gets a little bit more down into the nitty gritty of it all. But one, rely on autopilot. So use that primitive brain and habitualize whatever you possibly can in your life. Two, identify your mini habits within your routine. And then from there, you can add in micro habits. So her examples were, yes, she gets up in the morning, um, but then there's like seven different things that she does within that morning routine. So like meditate, brush your teeth, get the kids ready for school, X, Y, and Z. And then just for example, a micro habit would be while your smoothie's in the blender, you do X, Y, and Z. Maybe you empty out the dishwasher or um, take vitamins or something along those lines. Three, this one may sound a little bit counterintuitive, but throw ambition out the window. So, what? I know. <laughs> this basically breaks down to like if you feel like you really want to work out, but you can't run a marathon you should still work out in the sense that like you don't have to have these really high aspiring goals. Just start small. Maybe it really is just one push up every time you go to the bathroom. It doesn't even have to be five. Maybe it's literally just one. Um, so you don't have to have these high aspiring goals for yourself. And I know as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, that probably feels really weird, but just make it small. So start out with something that takes less than 30 seconds to do. And it doesn't have to be working out. It can be something work-related, but start super small. Number four, look for the keystone of your mini habits. So these are turning points that can either set, set you up for success or, um, or kind of turn and create failure. So the example she provided was turning off all screens before bed. This allowed more time for family, time to meditate, time to read a book, and then time to wind down. So she wasn't tempted to like go on her phone or check email or anything like that. So maybe if that's something that's preventing you from going to bed on time or bed within a reasonable hour, that could be something to implement as well. Number five, play offense. So think about the tools that you need and what obstacles you might face. And this can be for something large, or this can be to tackle your, 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 your new micro and mini habits, but really thinking about the bigger picture and making a plan to get things done is going to be really important to, to your success. Six, identify your trigger. So what starts your routine? Could it be a morning alarm, maybe walking into your home, or walking into your office? Find something that starts your everyday routine. Seven, designate intrinsic rewards. These rewards should be immediate. So whether You're doing yay me internally or externally when you've completed a task, or if it's just the sense of accomplishment that you're feeling, that's going to remind you and your brain to complete the task and be stoked about it. Eight, measure your progress. So, what we measure, what we improve. That can be from week one, you were doing one push up, and then maybe as the weeks have progressed, you started adding one a week. So, by week 10, you're doing 10 push ups. And while that may be seemingly small, remember, throw the ambition out the window. It's going to be okay. You're already doing 10 more push ups than you were 10 weeks ago. Um, and maybe you're doing them even more frequently. So don't get down on yourself because of that.
0: I really like that ambition out the window thing. Like it's, it's so much more effective to do one or three push ups today than zero because you're like, well, I'm not going to run a marathon, so I might as yeah. well sit on the couch. Like,
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And I have a really good example of that. So last week I did a really intense workout with some friends, you know, peer pressured into it, kind of. <laughs> um, but then I didn't work out for like three days because I was in so much pain. You know what I mean? So, like, take mm-hmm. it easy, guys. You don't need to be freaking world heaviest weight man, macho man, lifting cars and trucks thing. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't need to be like that. It doesn't need to be all or nothing.
0: Unless you want to be, in which case, start with one push up (laughs) and you'll eventually
1: eventually pull a truck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a lot of other steps in between, (laughs) but if you really want that, you can achieve it. We're not here to step on your dreams. Okay.
1: This leads perfectly (laughs) into number nine, fight self-sabotage. So I think a really good example of this would be you've started a new diet. First of all, as a dietitian, no, you've started a new lifestyle, and there's balance in your lifestyle. But for those of you who have started a new diet, rather than saying, um, rather than saying, all week I've eaten salads, now I get to reward myself with a donut, you might be self sabotaging yourself because the next day you'll be like, oh well, I had a donut. I can have a donut again today and then again the next day, and then you're never gonna get back on your salad train. So rather than solely reflecting on your accomplishments, reflect on your goals and values. What's the bigger picture? Right? So, kind of going back to that diet, wellness, lifestyle example, your bigger picture is a holistic and wellness life or a life of wellness, not I got to lose five pounds immediately. It It's not going to happen. It didn't go on overnight and it's not going to come off overnight. So just for that example, just fight self-sabotage and look at the bigger picture. I think that's what that breaks down to. 10, build your willpower muscle. Focus on one small thing that takes a ton of discipline and then you're bound to see success in other areas of your life. So we said last week, right? So sitting up straight, if you just focus on one thing, sitting up straight, Like our spine alignment, John Clawson, friend, guy said, (laughs) your ears should be in line with your hips and then your legs should be out straight and then your feet should be touching on the floor in front of you. So if you just focus on that one thing and you do it really well, you'll see success in other areas of your life as well. So you don't have to just focus on that. But if you focus on one thing with all of your might, the rest of it will follow. Number 11. Pre-design as much as possible, so know where, how, what, etc. So, for example, if you choose to cycle to work, so you're choosing it the night before, and you set yourself up for success. I do this when I make coffee, or like pre-make my coffee uh, the night before for the morning. So I set myself up for success, which is probably an, a better example than cycling to work. So at night, I make sure there's water in my hot water kettle. There, that my coffee's been ground, that it's in my French press, that my little milk pot is on the stove. Literally, all I have to do is press a button, pour water into the French press, and then pour milk into my little meat, milk heater upper thing, and it's good to go. So pre-design as much as possible and set yourself up for success. Success, And set yourself up for success. Twelve, comfort yourself. If you relax and stop stressing about it, you're going to be more apt to make better choices. Um, also do what makes you feel safe and secure. So her example here was that one of her friends, if he doesn't set himself up for success the night before, that he will completely forget to bring everything to a presentation except for his diet Coke, because that is apparently attached to his hand all the time. So if you have some other type of security blanket um, for me, it's especially in a speaking engagement, it's my water bottle. So just make sure that you have what you need to feel comfortable in doing what you're doing. Number 13, one of my favorites, take a nap. So (laughs)
0: that's my favorite for sure.
1: (laughs) So even mild sleep deprivation can mitigate self-control. So I know for me, I go for snacks immediately if I'm sleep deprived. Ideally you want to aim for seven hours of sleep and you'll notice that your mood will improve. If you're not a seven hour a night sleeper, you might want to try going to bed early. And I know that can be very challenging for people, but try just like three or four four minute increments at a time. So try going to bed three or four minutes earlier, or like we said earlier, shutting the screens off a little bit earlier. And that might help you wean your way to about seven hours of sleep or more per night. Number 14, take tea time. So it doesn't necessarily have to be tea, but Your lack of concentration can be turned around really quick by a snack, a cup of tea, or just even a glass of water. Because if you're less than 2%, if you're just 2% dehydrated, your concentration diminishes significantly. So if you don't feel hungry and you probably don't want to try, and you don't want to try caffeine, just try sipping or try drinking like eight ounces of water and you should have your concentration back. And if you don't in like 15 to 20 minutes, then try a snack or something with light amount of caffeination. Number 15, never say never. So instead of immediate gratification or telling yourself an outright no, tell yourself that you can have it in a few hours if you're still interested. 16, gather your cabinet. Essentially, just get your crew, right? So surround yourself with people who support you and who are going to make this doable for you.
0: I love that point too. Like, I think, uh, Especially as a solopreneur, we're trying so hard to do uh, so much in isolation. Like get get your crew around you, even if it's just other solopreneurs or uh, friends who might have valuable input. Like you don't have to do this all alone. Exactly. Nor should you.
1: <clears throat> Sorry, some ice. Excellent.
0: Some good sound effects <laughs> for the podcast.
1: All right. And then finally, number 17. Sorry, guys, I lied to you. It's only 17, not 18 and or 19. Expand really slowly. So slowly, once you've accomplished things that you want in your habit and they've become habitual, then you can slowly add more things to your routine. And remember to celebrate the small things that you succeed in. Yay, me. Exactly. All right. She also mentioned one thing. So this is kind of out of context and from a different chapter. But I, I thought it was really interesting, and I've never heard anyone say this before. Write your obituary. I know, it can sound a little morbid, um, but do you want to be known as someone who responded to emails timely and made six figures annually, or as a loving mother or father and a great friend, etc.? So think about that when you're trying to find the balance between... Work, family, and whatever else you have or whatever, whatever else you may be juggling in life. Think about how you want to be remembered at the end, and that will help you set your priorities for work, life, and the balance between it all.
0: This episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by us, Unstuck. Hey, we got a side hustle launch five-day challenge next week, May 18th through 22nd, 2020. It is absolutely 100% free. There is no sales pitch at the end. So come learn what you need to know to launch your side hustle the right way from the beginning. Build a solid foundation for your business so you can grow and thrive. Join us live every day, May 18th through 22nd, 2020 at 6 p.m. Eastern. To sign up, go to backslash challenge. It's time for a
1: recap.
0: One, take a recess.
1: Two, turn autopilot on.
0: Three, write your own obituary. So Chell, now that we've gone through all these bullet points and you've read the book, would you recommend this to our listeners?
1: I would, but not as an audiobook version. I love listening to it, but i think i would have really appreciated seeing it and being able to kind of go back and see some of these things that you kind of lose in the minutia of just listening to it.
0: Yeah, agreed. I think especially even like we we as a podcaster in audio format too, but going through the uh create constructing your routine part in audio format is harder than than seeing it in text if you want to create your own routine. So if nothing else, go back and take some notes so that you can go back and see it when you uh, when you create your own routine. But I would agree. I'm trying, in general, my best to start reading uh, how-to books like this and listening to more story-based books, because it is so hard to take notes while driving, you know?
1: <laughs> Very dangerous, yes. <laughs>
0: That's why I don't try. <laughs> All right, and with that, we're out. We'll be back Friday for another casual Friday episode with a special guest. Um, Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute.
1: Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, please leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show a lot. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, unstuck.institute.
0: Also, if you know somebody who would like this podcast, you'd be doing us a huge favor, and you'd probably be doing them a huge favor by sharing this podcast with them. Sharing is caring, guys. Don't forget. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking to speaker, coach, and author Noah Ronan. Hey. Perfectionism is not a quest for the best. It is a pursuit of the worst in ourselves, the part that tells us that nothing we do will ever be good enough. Christine Carter, The Sweet Spot.